Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Welcome to another information-packed hour. This is Roadworthy Drive with me, Ken Chester, your host. I'm so glad you chose to drop by. I'm in studio, as always, with the Roadworthy Drive crew. My friend and executive producer, Jack DeLeon, at the controls, and our social media diva, Sasha Little, holding it down on mic two. Howdy, guys. Hi, Hello. guys. How are uh, you? Uh, we're doing okay. Um, I'm going to say this now. I'm not sure my voice is going to hold out. Okay. So in case it doesn't go out, I've named Sasha as my executive spokesperson. Exec- <laughs> executive spokesperson. Yes. Easy did, for me to say. Did not know there was such a thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, then. If this is your first time with us... Let me give you the lowdown. This is not your father's car show. Rather, Roadworthy Drive is both consumer-oriented and tech-oriented. Every week, I share what new tech may be or currently is affecting your life in the transportation space. More importantly, I take the time to explain it so that you can understand what it is and how you are being affected. As I mentioned, we're consumer-oriented too. So that means keeping you informed by sharing best practices and tips in selecting, pricing, and bargaining for your next vehicle. And that includes finance and insurance. There's so much going on with transportation in general, and automobiles in particular, that we can't share everything that crosses my desk each week. But we attempt to keep you plugged into what's important, especially when it impacts your pocketbook. I'm going to be sharing odds and ends from the parts bin in a moment, but as regular listeners know, I'm always glad to hear from you. Connecting with me and the show is easy. Text or call the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793, or email me, that's ken at roadworthydrive.com. Either way will allow you to share a thought, idea, opinion, or comment. Me and the Roadworthy Drive crew want to hear from you. Now, I'm just back from the 2018 Chicago Auto Show, and in the spirit of sharing, I'm going to focus this hour on what I found during my several days on the floor there. From an overview to my top domestic picks to several imports and even one ultra-luxury SUV, and they will surprise you what it is. I was blown away. I think you will be delighted and fascinated what I found. All that and more later this hour. Now, from the parts bin, this thing crossed my desk late today and because we covered it before and it's so dramatically changed i had to lead with it okay ford expands do not drive warning to thirty-three thousand more trucks what whoa yeah this past monday ford warned an additional thirty-three thousand owners of older pickup trucks in north america and i quote to stop driving them. Now, we're talking about the 2006 Ford Ranger, correct? Yes, sir. Originally, that number, we reported it here, was about 3,000 owners of a 20, of 2006 model year Ranger trucks stopped driving them. They have now added a similar uh, warning to the 2006 Mazda B-Series truck, which Ford built basically was a rebadged Ranger. Okay. And they've added that 
because of they had some problems there. Now, the good news, Ford and Mazda have the replacement airbag inflators available now and will tow vehicles. Get this now. Will tow the vehicle. They don't even want you to drive to the dealership. They will tow the vehicle to the dealership for repair and provide loaner vehicles free of charge. May I add, these vehicles are 12 years old. But as we talked about before, in this too happy culture we live in, does this really surprise us? It doesn't surprise me. But is it so much too happy or is it Ford actually trying to go above and beyond? It is Ford? called an abundance of caution. Well, yeah. I think, I think, Sasha, you could argue both points to this. That's true. I mean, Ford is making their stamp on the mobility of tomorrow. I mean, that the last thing that they want in somebody's mind, in their future consumer's mind, is a bad experience with one of these Rangers. Yeah, good point, particularly since they're bringing the truck back. Right. Yeah. Now, the good news is since we've last reported, about a quarter of those 2,900 vehicles have been repaired since they issued the warning last month. Now, to give you a larger view, because we talked about Takata and the Takata airbag, Takata said in June, this is last summer, it is recalled or expected to recall, wait for it, 125 million vehicles worldwide by next year. Of that, 60 million of them are in the United States. That's almost a quarter That's one out of every four vehicles currently on the road in the United States right now. That's why I wanted to lead with that. There you go. So um, as a palate uh, cleanser, um, how about a woman-only showroom? Okay, I could see that. In Saudi Arabia. What? Really? Yeah. Just a few months after the Saudi Arabia prince granted women the right to drive. They just got the right to drive. This is dated last month, by the way. Okay. Well, considering that the way that their system is over there, it makes sense that it would have to be an all-woman's showroom. Mm-hmm. After they got the right to drive, the kingdom's first female auto showroom had opened in Jeddah. Uh, women posed for photos, selfies in front of cars, surrounded by pink, orange, and yellow balloons hung over the cars. Did we really need to go with pink? I'm just saying. In a decree issued in September, King Salman ordered an end to the ban on women drivers by June this year. The conservative tradition of not allowing female drivers has limited women's mobility and have been seen by rights activists as an emblem of their suppression. And here's the bombshell. Up till then, Saudi Arabia was the only country that banned women drivers. Yep. Okay. Um, one of the, they interviewed one of the ladies uh, who was a customer in a showroom, and she said, and now I'm very interested in buying a car, but I would like the payments and prices to be not very high. The more things change, the more they, they stay, stay the, the same. same. So much for that. Um, along that same line, we go to Mexico. There is a, it's called La Drive, a new female-focused ride-hailing company in Mexico. The latest attempt to address violence and harassment women endure during rides on larger platforms such as, I don't know, Uber. Mm -hmm. Other similar attempts have stumbled in the past, though. As as Uber globally battles local small competitors such as this, it is also seeing more of a challenge uh, from the Chinese company, which is partnered internationally to give the company a run for its money. We even talked about a drive-hailing service in Iran even with all the uh, restrictions. 
Can you imagine that? But here's the thing. Let's say you bought a car from a used car dealer. Okay. And you brought your car back to the dealer to have something done with it. Now, are we talking about a... An independent used car dealer. Okay, okay. What if, instead of giving you a loaner car, they arranged for transportation for you in partnership with Lyft? I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. That could be... I could see issues with this. The first-of-its-kind partnership for referral incentives and transportation solutions. This is the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association. Uh, the partnership, unprecedented in the ride-sharing industry, provides these this organization dealer members with opportunities to improve their bottom line through referral incentives. In other words, they will refer drivers for to Lyft and get a get a bonus for every driver they do, and improve transportation solutions. Uh, basically, Lyft has this program called the Concierge Program, which offers these NI. NIADA members an easy, reliable, and get this inexpensive way to provide transportation for customers whose vehicles are laid up in service. Also, they're not tying up a car because typically with an independent dealer, they're giving you one of their cars off the lot to drive while yours is getting repaired. Correct. And that leads to insurance issues, should be in an accident or something like that. So for them, it's a way to free up their inventory but still provide transportation that's reliable, dependable, and get the people where they want to go without spending a bunch of money. While at the same time, and I found this be a little different, uh, encouraging giving Lyft uh, referrals of people who would be drivers for them, and I guess some kind of way, and I wasn't really clear on this, who might buy a car from that dealer to be a Lyft driver or something? Yeah, that's that's how I would take it. That's a little muddy. So uh, customers who sign up for the program, they're talking about, uh, each driver they refer will also receive a bonus shortly after they begin driving for Lyft. So in other words, yeah, they end up driving for Lyft, which they can put down as a down payment and monthly cost of purchasing a vehicle. Hmm. And that's something. Oh, well. So, yeah, that's that's something new, but I'm not totally surprised. I wouldn't expect to see GM move into that with Maven for their dealers at some mm-hmm. point. Next up, when I return... The 2018 Chicago Auto Show. You're riding Shotgun with Ken and Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. for me. First my dad, then my husband. I was always getting cars somebody else thought I should have. Well, now I make my own decisions, and the car I bought for me is the Buick Regal. It's stylish, intelligent, and dependable, much like myself. Oh, I must admit, though, the guy did help a bit. I let them pick the color. Wouldn't you really rather have a If you just tuned in, this is Roadworthy Drive. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. Thanks for dropping by. The Chicago Auto Show. And I think the crew's still mad that they didn't get a chance to come with me. No, although I will say this. 
I am very sorry you got stranded in Chicago. Well, I didn't get stranded exactly. Um, I chose to spend another day because it wanted to drop like a foot of snow. Uh, yes. And I wasn't traveling in all that foolishness. Good answer. So I was fortunate, spent another day, drove all the way back, and it was either wet or dry, but no snow or ice on the road. So all was well. All was well. And got a chance to use my new iPass that I bought a year ago and didn't get a chance to use. So oh. I didn't have to slow down. It's pretty cool. Gives you a printout. So I had a printout like the next day of every toll I hit going and coming back. Oh, okay. Way cool. Yeah. Tollless, uh, actually, toll boothless tolling. How yep. does that work out again? Uh, that works out. You have to apply for like a little reader. Okay. And that reader, you put money on in your account for the reader. Okay. And in because I have different cars, we rigged up, we taped it. It tells you where it should be. Right. And we taped it there. Okay. And uh, you just drive. And instead of going into the cash lanes, you drive, it clicks a picture, did, knows which one it is, deducts it from your account automatically. Oh, nice. Okay. Never have to stop. Encountered that in Massachusetts when I was in, but even without the cash, a Massachusetts went totally electronic. Which means even if you don't have one, they take a picture of your license plate and bill you. Yeah, and they but, charge you more for that one, isn't it? Uh, that not nearly as much as I thought. No. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was going to be evil, but it really wasn't. All right. But no toll booths at all. Anyway, Chicago. Uh, held at the cavernous McCormick Place near Lake Michigan in the South Loop section of the city. Uh, it has been billed the nation's largest auto show. And it's going on right now. It will end on Monday, February 19th. As a longtime member of the media, though, I've had the benefit of several days of, being, of access. I've actually been able to get in uh, several days before the official opening of the show to public. As a result, I get special access to all the vehicles that will be on display that year. And for the record, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I have not missed a Chicago Auto Show in 20 years. But, boy, lots of changes, and we'll talk about some of those. For the 2018 show, now, I take a lot of pictures. I do it because I'm still an automotive journalist. I take the pictures for my newspaper clients. I also do it for my website so that I've got pictures of all sorts of really cool things. This year took just less than 1,800 pictures of almost 70 vehicles. Now, that may sound, and that was in, by the way, two days. I'll let that settle. And that is not even my best. In recent years, I've taken as much as about 2,300, 2,400 pictures of up to 120 vehicles. Things be changing. And I thought I'd share a few interesting tidbits about the show. What was the one thing that surprised you the most with this auto show? The lack of excitement. Really? What do you mean, like, the lack? I mean, what, what do you... My wife and I were talking about this because she's only missed one of the shows in all the years I've gone. We usually go together. Mm -hmm. And uh, while there was certainly plenty of sheet metal, plenty of new vehicles, lots of new stuff, the whiz-bang, gee-whiz, build-up excitement seems to be gone. And why do you think that is? I think we're coming to, and I'm going to talk about this in the, my next show. Okay. Um, but I think what it is is we're seeing a bunch of changes. When I was a kid, transportation freedom was the vehicle, the automobile. That was it. Yes, that sir. was your freedom. That was yep. your ticket. Didn't matter. Big city, small city. Even here, back in the day, if you go back 30 years, uh, folks used to drive around downtown. They call it scooping the loop. Yep. That hasn't happened in years. 
why the ra- the rising of uh, social media and different ways people use to connect. You don't necessarily need the vehicle to either be mobile or social, unlike us. And I think we're starting to see that. I really do. A uh, couple of interesting things about the show, though. Um, I was going through some of the questions and answers, and some of them are sensible. Uh, what are the days that are least crowded? They say weekends are traditionally most crowded. Yeah, people are off then. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there was a question. Am I able to sit inside the vehicles? I thought that was humorous. <laughs> now, they say the official. And drive it. Wait a minute. The official line. Most every production vehicle on the floor is unlocked for attendees to comb through. One-of-a-kind concepts are for viewing only, and a few of the displays for high-end cars give unfettered access to select patrons. Uh, no. (coughs) No. (laughs) No. More of them cars are going to be locked than you think. I talked to people. Uh, That was not what I was told. Now, has that that always been? Have they always been locked, or is that something? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? And, And they tell the horror stories. I talked to a few people on the floor who have done some shows of... Hundreds of thousands of people poking, prying, trying doors, this, that, and the other. Forgetting the pin that's in their back pocket. Yeah, it yep. get kind of ugly. Now, somebody actually asked, are the cars on display at the Chicago Auto Show available for purchase? This is the official answer. No, the Chicago Auto Show is an exhibition only. However, product specialists are available to answer any questions you have regarding the vehicles on display. If you are interested in purchasing a new vehicle, representatives can help direct you to a dealer that is within convenient location from your home or office. It's held by the Chicago Automobile Trade Association. (coughs) There are over 400 members. Okay. Now, here's a question that I've I've had for a couple years. Mm -hmm. In this auto show. A million square feet. I'm assuming that the dealers are there. And if I'm looking at, let's just throw out an example here. A Ford F one fifty. If I really wanted to go buy one that day, could they could they literally have a shuttle take me from McCormick Place to a dealer? I don't think they're quite that dialed in because remember, if you've got four hundred dealers as part of the Chicago well, Automobile Trade true. Association, which four dealer are gonna take you to? Yeah. The closest one. <laughs> well, they'll want to take you to the one closest to where you live. Well, that's true. So there's that. Now, the one way that this is changing is we saw an expansion in the indoor test track driving. Toyota's got one. Jeep has always had one for years. We've seen an expansion of that. Toyota went really big this year, kind of all in. So that is one of the cha- of the changes. Plus, they've really reached out to social media in a big, big way. And uh, that's another change. So... We're seeing some of these changes in the show. They're bringing bloggers in, things like that, that they hadn't in previous years. that are getting basically the same kind of access we were getting. Okay, quick question. Really quick. Did anybody new from a manufacturer show up at this one? No, that I didn't see. Oh, well. When I come back, we will talk about my favorite domestic vehicles. Don't touch that dial. Roadworthy Drive's coming back at you after this. Want more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook. 
Thank you for listening. This is the next to last segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. For those of you that haven't checked out our completely new and redesigned website, why not? www.roadworthydrive.com has been simplified and optimized for your ease of use. Visit the show website to listen to past shows, watch videos of our behind-the-scenes antics, and more. It is also a great place to discover how to find us in the universe of social media. Sasha is our social media diva who keeps things light and lively during the week between shows with interesting tidbits of tech and information. See how she keeps the social in our social media. You'd be glad you did. <laughs> Ain't that right, Sasha? Yes. Okay, then. During the first half of the hour, I've been talking in general about the 2018 Chicago Auto Show at McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. Love that place. Imagine one million square feet of shiny steel under roof. I sure can. I have the sore feet to prove it. I do. Ouch. As promised, I wanted to share some of the new domestic vehicles being brought to market as 2018s or 2019s that were shown in Chicago. I can't list them all, but I took the liberty of sharing a few of my favorites. And I'm going to start with this one. Uh, I don't know. Sasha may or may not love it. Jack should. Uh, the 2018 Ford Mustang. Fastback convertible. All new. Ooh, my wife would love that. More powerful drivetrain. Looks tough, sharp. It has a more athletic and more modern exterior design. And uh, the base engine. There's no six-cylinder anymore. They're all eights? No, sir. What did uh, you go to a four with a turbo? Exactly. They went to a 2.3-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder as the base engine, and while the GT still has but is updated a 5-liter V8. And the standard gearbox is a six-speed manual. But you can opt for, get this, first time ever, 10-speed select shift automatic is an available option. Really? Yes, sir. They're also putting that in F-150s. Yeah, I heard. And in our next show, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. And the next next Roadworthy Drive, we're going to kind of talk about why automakers are suddenly possessed with adding gears to your automatic. Probably for better gas mileage. Well, we'll talk about that. That's one of the reasons. Okay. Um, Still rolling with Ford, uh, a return of an old favorite. And it's only in name only, the Ford Ranger pickup. Okay. Smack I, brand new 2019. I loved it. Uh, made in America. Thank you very much. Every, in Michigan. And remember, Jack, how when we were looking at the picture and I said you couldn't really see, like, the, the lines of the vehicle. Correct. Okay, yeah. Because, and Ken actually got some pictures of that, and it looks amazing. They will sell. It's a cute little car. They truck. will sell every one of those that they can get. Yep. Uh, you've got super cab and super crew configurations, two or four wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and oh, by the way, yeah, this should be, you'll like this. Same engine, 2.3 liter EcoBoost, 10 speed automatic. Well, A 10 speed automatic for a four cylinder engine. Oh, my goodness. Who would have ever thought? Yeah, no kidding. 10 speeds. 10 speeds. This thing probably won't hardly even turn. It won't even be working that hard. And that's, that's another one of the issues. Okay. Okay. Here's the one that's going to get Sasha all kinds of excited. And maybe not in a good way. And we've talked about this truck before. I've actually seen it. I didn't know if I should sit in it, move in, 
or try to drive it. I really didn't know. It's that sophisticated. The 2019 Ram 1500 pickup. Does it look like a Chevy? Yes. No. The diff- I saw I saw the pictures he shot. Yeah. My first reaction was Chevy. Yeah, yeah but you didn't see the new Chevys. I did. Doesn't matter. Kind of does. Well, you know what? We and the interior up- and and the kicker with these, they're actually now mild hybrids. They actually have replaced the generator with a a belt-driven electric generator instead of your alternator. Okay. It's going to actually help fuel economy, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. We're going to see how that works. But they consider that a mild hybrid Okay, is the way they explain that. I still think that you should probably upload the pictures of the Ram and the Chevy since you've got pictures of both. Actually, you do have pictures of both. Well, then we'll upload them. We'll see what uh, you You have them. Oh, social media diva. We will why, get on that. Why yeah. do I have a feeling there's a poll coming? There's a poll. There, I'm thinking that there's going to be a poll. Yeah, but you have pictures of both. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, speaking of the Chevy, the first all-new half-ton in 10 years, the 2019 Chevy Silverado 1500 pickup truck. What did they do different with it? Wh- everything. They lightened the truck by 450 pounds. Right. And here's the thing. You know the commercials you've seen? Right. Ford, you know, with the aluminum. Chevy did not go aluminum in their cab bed. They went aluminum in their doors, the their, the uh, uh, tailgate, the uh, the lid, the uh, engine compartment lid. They the went light that way. They actually went stronger steel and then widened the cargo bed. Didn't you say they widened it about three inches? No, that's actually room in the crew cab. They actually gave you three inches more leg room in the crew cab. Okay, but did they add that to the box or not? Well, the box got added, but that's a different thing going on. Okay. The box got wider, but the, but the cab got longer so that you actually have more room in the back seat. Okay. Uh, Chevy's not taking no prisoners. And on top of all of that, they're going to introduce a first-ever Duramax 3-liter inline 6 turbo diesel for half ton. Well, we knew that was coming. Yeah. There's some rumors of some hybrids to maybe even electrics coming, but nothing that Chevy was talking about at the show. Okay. So, finally, and this one's been a long time in coming, brand new Jeep Wrangler, two-door and four-door. This is the original Jeep, correct? This is the original Jeep. Yes, sir. This is the one that pays the bills. This is the one that if you're going to go through water, it will go through 30 inches of water without modification. Yep. Okay. Now, do you think, in your opinion, did Jeep get it right? Um, no, I haven't driven it. I'm sitting in it. Yes. We'll see how she drives. Again, I remember a day when these things were powered by a very stout four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. These days, they're powered by... by uh, by uh, Fiat Chrysler's uh, legendary Pentastar 3.6 liter V6, which they put in everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Now, it's bolted to a six-speed manual, but here's something interesting. They're putting the first ever turbocharged four-cylinder bolted to an eight-speed automatic. Okay. In this, in the Jeep Wrangler, they've never done that before. Well, that that should be real interesting. 
and my que- and my question has been: Isn't Juice about the only one that still has a manual transmission left? No, because if you recall, we talked about. Uh, I believe Ranger had a choice where you could get that, uh, but definitely manual transmission is disappearing, but it's not totally gone. Okay. When I come back, finally, I wrap things up with my favorite imports. This is Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive. Like us on Facebook. Thank you for joining us for this hour. This is the final segment of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. I thought I'd end this hour with a list of my favorite new import vehicles that I discovered at the 2018 Chicago Auto Show. Did you go? Maybe you have your own choices you'd be willing to share. So, you know, drop me a line. I'm not saying that that my list is the definitive list. And uh, if yours differs from mine, awesome. Maybe we'll share and we'll compare notes. Uh, That email address is ken at roadworthydrive.com. Maybe I'll share your list on the air. So here's my favorite imports of the year at this year's Chicago Auto Show. I'm going to start with one that's out there now, the 2018 BMW X2. Now, what is that vehicle? Um, BMW calls them sport activity uh, coupes um, or sport activity vehicles, SAVs is what okay. they call them. This is a five-door. It's not a wagon. They don't like to call them crossovers. And you could argue SUV, but like all automakers, they're kind of blurring the, the difference line. between yeah. crossover and SUV. Um, probably the easiest term I can share that is uniform, uh, BMW doesn't use this term, but I think it would apply here, is what they call a CUV, which is a compact utility vehicle. And I think that would be the best way to describe this. It's sharp. It's an interesting color. I don't know what you would call that. It's not it's not yellow, but it's yellow. It's not a lime. I mean, it's, it's not, not a, a school, lemon. It's not a school bus yellow. Oh no. No. It's actually pretty classy looking. And right. I'm hoping I'm hoping I get one to drive because it really looks awesome. And to note, this part of the market, the lo- the small end of the market mm-hmm. seems to have blown up. Everybody is building a small CUV for marketplace. Chevy has track the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buick has the Encore, which has been making sales for Buick and hastens heist, uh, hasten the demise of their. Um, can't even think of it now. Verano, okay, I think it was. Yep, uh, which was a nice looking car. Um, a Chevy Cruze by any stretch of the imagination, gussied up, but that's what it was. But mm-hmm. it was a nice car. Everybody. And we'll talk about some of the others. We've got another one on my list that's even smaller than the vehicle I put my wife in. My my wife's vehicle would qualify as a CUV. Yep. And everybody, because of the utility, how it works, easy to get into. And my goodness, these things are loaded for the price. You know, there's really no reason to spend over thirty grand anymore and get a lot of what used to be luxury stuff. 
I can talk a while uh, about my wife's new vehicle, and it costs less than thirty, way less than thirty thousand, mm-hmm. brand new, and has a whole bunch of this stuff. Um, on that note, Nissan came in with their twenty eighteen Nissan Kicks compact crossover. Now this is a new vehicle for them. It correct? replaces the Juke, which breaks Juke. Sasha's heart. I love the Juke. Yeah, well, it's gone, honey. Get over it. But I like the Baja, too. Well, that was gone, too, years ago. (laughs) There's a pattern with you. I don't Mm -hmm. know. In any case, uh, I believe it's built in South America. It's smaller, uh, aimed at the urban people who have an active lifestyle but maybe urban dwellers. So it's small and nimble, but it offers you more utility than a car would. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing about it, doesn't come in four-wheel drive. We talked about this before. Four-wheel drive is not available for this vehicle. How long do you are you think they're going to make it available at some point? No, I don't think they need it. With with you've got traction control, you've got stability control, and a good set of tires anymore. You really, really, unless you're just out there, out there, you don't really need it. Mm-hmm. If if the F pace was not enough. Jaguar went back, and they joined the uh, CUV race with a smaller SUV called the E-Pace. Okay. It's smaller than the F-Pace, which they introduced a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, it's luxurious. Of um, course. I thought it was a little claustrophobic for me. I sat in the back seat, and, and, I mean, it gets it done. Again, I haven't driven it, but I'm sure it will, for somebody looking for something a little above and beyond... Um, this would give them the luxury. And, yeah, this is available in all-wheel drive. What is the price point? Uh, they didn't have a price on it. But I will tell you, you have a choice of two two-liter four-cylinder turbocharged engines. All-wheel drive is standard, and it gets it done through a nine-speed automatic. Okay. Yeah. You see the trend, extra yep. gears? Yep. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, they call... It's uh, driver position, a sports command driving position, offering excellent excellent visibility while retraining. Why I can't talk, retaining a cockpit like feel, and yeah, definitely the cockpit part. Okay, definitely the cockpit part. Um, I'm going to change this up a little bit because I want to save this one for last. Okay, uh, Volkswagen, um, their flagship car used to be called the CC, just the CC, and I loved it, drove it, loved it. Down mm-hmm. through the years. They're replacing it. And this vehicle was actually first introduced in Chicago. And I have pictures of it. Uh, the Art- the Volkswagen Arteon. 2019 Arteon. Upscale interior. Uh, it's based on uh, their new modular transverse matrix architecture, which means it's on one of their newest platforms and ready to go. It's also an interesting color. And they're going four trim levels. I'm sorry, three trim levels. I misspoke. Three trim levels. Uh, and it's going to be their new car flagship. It is not a CUV. And it looked pretty stylish. I'm looking to get my hands on one. Uh, you can opt it for the Volkswagen digital cockpit, offering drivers a reconfigurable display of key data and the ability to position navigation data front and center for easy viewing. But I saved the best for last. Would you believe Lamborghini? I heard of him. 
has now thrown down. They now have an SUV. Okay, I'm sure we can afford this thing right out of petty cash. Oh, yeah. If you have $200,000, you too can own a Lamborghini Urus. U-R-U-S. Okay. They call it a their first super sport utility vehicle. It can go 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds, uh, 0 to about 124 miles an hour in 12.8 seconds, and it has a top speed of just under 190 miles an hour. The fastest SUV available. Uh, and if it's faster than a Porsche Cayenne, my question is, why? Why? I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, yeah, they're doing it, and they're going to take it, uh, and they're going to be selling this thing next year around the world, $200,000 in the United States. <laughs> so with that, folks, I wrap up my Chicago overview. Uh, share me with you got. On behalf of the Roadworthy Drive crew and myself, thanks for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation. 